Welcome to the Trading Raw Stories Podcast. I'm Rita Pira, the host with the most inspiring stories that you ever did hear. Back in the day when the day was back, I was known as the juicing queen. I became raw vegan overnight after watching a documentary called Food Matters. Changing what I was putting in and on my body didn't just make me lose weight and have great skin. It gave me mind clarity, more energy, and over time made me so self-aware and intuitive that I vibrate on a higher frequency and level of consciousness that's turned me into a manifesting queen. I've lived like nine lives and have amazing stories to share that may inspire you to finally leave that toxic guy you're with that miserable job you hate, start that business you've been talking about forever, and at the very least, you'll probably start saying yes more often and eat more vegetables. I'm your tell it like you need to hear it and make you do it, sister from another mister. I've lived quite the life and have stories for days that have inspired women to transform their lives in real big ways. So I created this podcast to share my insane and unbelievable stories with the world to reach whoever needs to hear them. I'll bring on inspiring humans to trade stories with me, and I'll even have some live coaching sessions with listeners calling in. You're here because you were meant to find this podcast, this community, these raw stories. There are no coincidences. Everything happens for you, not to you, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Trading Raw Stories podcast. This is Rita. Welcome back to another amazing freaking episode that's going to blow your mind. Why? Because I have the one and only Adam Roa. Yeah, and if yeah. you don't know who he is, you are going to be freaking mind blown and you're going to follow him and be a new groupie and your life is going to be changed because he's just everything. And so welcome, Adam. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that and the invitation for all the groupies because I'm everything. I haven't ever received that intro before, so I appreciate it. We're off to a great start. (laughs) Okay, and he's funny too. So wait, are you single so my ladies can know? I am single, yeah. Oh, shit. Dibs, mm-hmm. just kidding. I just manifested my dream man. So you missed you it. Go. You missed All your you chance, Adam. That's it. Just need a podcast. Invite me on to be a guest. And now we're basically on a FaceTime date. <laughs> I can't. I can't. This is hilarious. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell us your story. Tell us who you are and anything that comes to mind. And then we're just going to vibe, man. It's going to, we're going to go with the flow. Let's go. I mean, you're going to have to give me a bit of, lead me with some questions in terms of my story. I, yeah. I, like I, when, I when, so, when someone knows you're like, hi, I'm Adam. Who's yeah. Adam? That's a really great question. You know, I think that for me, trying to define myself has been a really difficult thing because I consider myself a bit of a Renaissance man, meaning I love art and poetry, filmmaking, music. I do all of those things. I have a podcast called The Deep Dive. I started an online personal development community called CREATE, which stands for the Collective Renaissance of Education, Art, Transformation, and Entertainment. TheCreateCommunity.com. I've been a I've been paid seven figures as a one-on-one coach. All I started a nonprofit called Surrendered Artist. I've done a lot of different things. And so from a marketing perspective, I've been a, a nightmare to work with because it's going to pick something and, and niche yourself down so you can be marketed and people who come to your Instagram know who you are and that sort of thing. And yeah, that's just never resonated with me. And I, and I think that a part of that is in understanding that my ecosystem of all the things that I do from music to podcasting to the nonprofit and poetry is 
the result of the consciousness of who I am. And, and when you say, who are you? And if I'm just my consciousness, the interesting thing is that's changing by the moment, mm-hmm. you know, like b- who I was before we started talking is different than who I am now, knowing that every word is going out to potential groupies because like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just said what I'm saying, but like these sorts of things influence us all the time. And so it's ever shifting and ever present. And so that's a super esoteric hippie sort of answer. But the truth is that I'm still discovering who I am in, in every moment. And I do a lot of things that make me feel good. I love <laughs> and it. I love people it. Like, people seem to like some of them at least. Yeah. You don't put Adam Rowe in a box. <laughs> no. And apparently you don't put Rita Pira in a vo- box either. <laughs> um, I think that what it, this old paradigm ideology of you are your career and you get to be able to pitch yourself in an elevator pitch. You know mm. what I mean? Who are you? When, when people ask me that, I simply say that I'm here to remind people that they are seen, heard, and loved. I heard Plain you say that recently. Yeah, yeah, that's how I, I sign off every podcast. I sign off every one of my classes that I teach in my community. I sign off pretty much all of my videos with that. And the reason is because however many years I've been doing that now, I realize when people feel those three things, they don't go out and, and abuse their partners in relationship. They don't go out and, and torture animals. They don't go out and commit hate crimes. You know, that those, those things are done by people who don't feel those things. And yeah. so if I can be someone who does that, then I'm excited because I'm creating the life that and the world that I want to live in that I think will be more beneficial to everyone to feel those things. And that can look very, very different in how it comes across. Uh, it, I happen to think that art is the highest leverage way that we shift human consciousness. It also happens to be one of the most fun ways of living your life is through an artistic lens. And if I found a, a more effective way to make people feel seen, heard, and loved than art, I would probably do that thing because my why is the most important. Dude, your energy is so beautiful. Like you're legit such a light. I'm not even kidding right now. I'm just feeling it through this damn Zoom screen and I'm it's lighting me up. And I'm usually the light <laughs> mm. for other people. So it's nice. It's like, I'm like, yeah, I'll take more of that. Thanks, Adam. What's up? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're giving it back. G- give it back. Let's do it. It's reciprocal. <laughs> We're both going to leave dope. here just charged up and hopefully everyone listening to this is experiencing that same thing because that's that's all it is. This entire energetic everything like right now. What if you look at your hands? You think that's solid. If you look at the table in front of you, you think that's solid. But ninety nine point nine 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 percent of what you're seeing is actually empty space. It's potential. Yeah. It's in the electron field. So like mm-hmm. all of that is just potential, and and therefore we're living in this world of frequency. And so it doesn't matter if you're in person. It doesn't matter if you're listening to this on audio or you're watching it or not it is a frequency and if we can exist in love and light and joy for life if we can be in that space it's going to transmit it's going to transmit through all the people that hear us see us and and get to be in our presence yeah my life has transformed just in this past year in april i moved to a new apartment and then now i'm in this one i left a relationship that was who i thought was the person i was going to be with for the rest of my life turned really toxic like narcissism just started seeping through his pores and i stayed and stayed and stayed because subconsciously i was 
basically doing what my mom has been doing all my life and just staying and staying and staying partially because of fear of judgment of what people would think if you get a divorce and it's not allowed and all of those things. But once I left, my energy went not even back to, not just back to my high vibe light, like I, he used to call me a ray of sunshine and then dimmed my light. Right. And so once I left, I shine not just like where I was, but beyond to the point where my energy is so contagious. My love, my light is just so damn bright that people, complete strangers on Instagram are like, I love your vibe. I'm walking down the street, talking to strangers, smiling, waving through my mask, and I'm just spreading love and good vibes and encouraging and uplifting everyone who crosses my path. And that's a, a result of me leaving. And so for people who stay in environments that suck their energy dry, like that is the thing that's keeping them where they are. And I want to empower, especially women who find themselves in situations like that to, to, to get up, dust themselves off, realize that they're here for not only a bigger purpose, but definitely not to suffer and that they will be supported if they own the fact that, Hey, you are worthy you are love. There is better for you. Take the leap, like surrender, trust, say yes, go and just believe that you'll be supported because a lot of people have this fear. So they, no matter how uncomfortable they are in their lives, they stay where they're comfortable, no matter how uncomfortable it is. Do you experience people in your coaching Obviously, you probably do, right? Where they're in situations that only they can get themselves out of, but they choose to stay where they are. Mm. And how do you help them? Yeah. I, well, thank you for sharing all that, first of all. Uh, I appreciate it. How long were you in that relationship? It was about a year, just a little over a year. We actually moved to California together. But so you, you met, got married is no, right? we weren't you got, married. You weren't married. I thought you said divorce and like what people No, that was think. my mom. I'm like, oh, my mom. That was your mom. Got it. So yeah, something that I that you you spoke to that I'd love to highlight for people because it's an important distinction. It's a nuance, but it's an important distinction. Which is you said, you know, your shine that you 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 amplified was the result of you leaving. Mm -hmm. And I actually want to give a nuance there. The, your shine came when you finally said, I'm no longer going to dim my light. I'm worth this level. Yeah. And once you made that decision, the action that you took that aligns with that decision is to leave the relationship. Mm. And I think that that nuance is really important. And that distinction is really important because there are a lot of people who are so afraid that if they make this decision, they're going to need to leave their relationship or their job or their whatever. The number of people who've come to me for coaching and go, well, I, will I need to leave my marriage? And I go, do you want to leave your marriage? And they say, <laughs> no, I'm really happy. Then I go, no, then you're not going to need to. And, and understanding that it's, it's, you know, especially in the in new age kind of spiritual personal development community, there's this uh, idea of free love and, and nomadic lifestyle and all of these things that are almost made to seem like the ideal. And, and the important thing is in recognizing that you made an internal shift of your own self-worth. And one of the, my quotes that I absolutely love from this, this book, Perks of Being a Wallflower, is we accept the love we think we deserve. Mm -hmm. And the moment 
that you decide that you deserve something more is the moment that you stop dimming your light. And then once you've made that decision, you get to make new choices and take new actions based on that decision. And so why that's important is because if I'm working with someone who came to me and they said, I, I could really use some help. I'm, I'm, I'm caught in this pattern in this loop of dimming my light and this and that, and I might hate my job or my relationship or whatever. The first step is about self-love. It always mm -hmm. comes back to self-love and saying, what do you think you deserve? Because if, if I tell you, go ahead and leave your relationship, that's not the thing that's actually going to give you your self-worth. And if you haven't improved your self-worth and you just relieve, leave the relationship, you're going to wind your up back in one that's in keeping you in the same space. And so coming back to a space of self-love is where I would support someone in getting to a place where they, they understand what they're worth and what they deserve, because then every decision they make is going to come from that place and reflect it back to them. Right. You are vibrating at a certain frequency. So whatever you believe to be true is going to appear in your life. So that's why people date the same person over and over and over again with a different face on because they're still radiating or emitting or vibrating at a certain frequency of lack of self-love really, or wherever they're at in their lives if, of what they believe they're worthy of or what they believe is possible for them. So it's about identifying where your beliefs are in the first place and what you believe to be true, either subconsciously or consciously. And at one point in my life, because of my upbringing, for example, right? Like my dating, every single situation was toxic one after the other, less and less each time because I was healing and learning and growing and evolving and what have you. So the person that I was attracting changed each time. And it starts with self-love. Absolutely. If you don't love yourself and you don't find yourself worthy of a certain type of love or or a certain amount of money or any good experiences in life, why would you attract that if you don't even believe it's possible or that you're worthy of it? It just, why would it, why would you attract that? You're not awesome. vibrating at that frequency. And by the way, real quick, do you realize we're wearing the same color? Oh yeah. Look at that. And before I put this on, I was wearing the a tank top that was the color of your hat. Oh, I got it. Okay. They're good colors. <laughs> and They're I've never, colors. I've not worn that ever. I've had it for years, never worn it. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> Great. I don't know what that means. We can make, I don't know. Meaning, we make whatever meaning out of it. Yeah. Yeah. We totally make whatever meaning we want out of everything. <laughs> 100%. That's something that I, I speak to a lot, which is that our, every single event that happens in your life is a completely neutral event. Mm -hmm. you, ass you assign it meaning, you assign yeah. it value. And so yeah. that is the power we have as the creators of our reality, because mm -hmm. when you assign something, the value of being incredibly negative and, and putting you into a victim state, that means that your brain is going to see it in that way. Your ego is going to try and find validation for it. And the options that you'll have available to you are going to be incredibly limited to things that only reinforce that viewpoint. And so when you start to move through the world and seeing everything is happening for you and, and taking on a, okay, this sucks in this moment. And I know that there's an opportunity here because that's all that life is, is just one opportunity after the next. Okay. 
my brain is now neurologically working in a way to try and figure out where's the opportunity. And that becomes mm -hmm. a more supportive uh, way of moving through the world for people who want to create more opportunities and live a life that's more fulfilling and fun. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It just came to me. Um, what I heard you speaking about on, on a clubhouse that caught my attention, you were sharing a story and you mentioned earlier that you got paid seven figures for a coaching experience, right? So I remember you talking about, I think it was an ayahuasca journey. And that is where you heard like a voice telling you, Hey, Adam, you're going to charge this much. And you did. And then that's it. It happened. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's one way of, of, uh, summarizing it, it down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of a story, so I don't want to take up too much of our podcast to tell that story specifically. But what mm. I'll say is I went through a series of initiations uh, of surrender over the course of about two years, I could point to it, where everything that I had previously assigned any level of my identity or safety to was asked to surrender from my physical life to my bank account and my money, to my, my health in general, to just so much of it. And a lot of it happened. So plant medicine has been a, a major part of my development and was actually, ayahuasca was actually the catalyst for my spiritual awakening back in 2013. Wow. And the medicines have, have been massive teachers to me. And so some of this happened in medicine ceremonies and some of them happened outside of it in various other ways. I've done a lot of different types of personal development and, and wild, wild stuff. So what I'll say is over that course of two years and these uh, initiations of surrender, I just kept surrendering into spirit and said, hey, I, I surrender this over to you. I surrender this over to you. I surrender. And I, I kept getting tested. And mm. there were different tests of, is that true? Are you willing to do that? And in wow. one particular ceremony in a teepee, I surrendered my mind and basically lost my mind for five hours, just lost it completely to a point that I've never experienced before. Truly. Oh my just, gosh. That would be so scary for me. I don't know that I would be willing to do that. Yeah. It was scarier than anything I'd surrendered up until that point. You know, I, and I died. I died on a mat, literally had the experience of surrendering my life over and, and leaving my body and feeling my breathing and my heart stop. So surrendering my mind, because for myself, my mind was my safety throughout my life. You know, I, when I was, I was a late bloomer to, to the puberty game. And, uh, I just didn't think of myself as being a physically masculine person, um, or in call in high school. So my mind was the safety net. Like I was always an intellectual powerhouse. I could, I was witty. I could just retreat here. And especially as someone who's experienced, you know, sexual abuse and a father who used to hit me with belts and things growing up, the, the physical world wasn't my safety spot. It was all up in my head. Mm -hmm. And so, um, surrendering I got the belts that, too, by the way. Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's cool. I, I think that surrendering to my mind was at that time, the scariest thing I'd ever had to, to do. And at the end of that five hours of experience, I was given the message that you have now gone where 99.999% of the world will never be willing to go. And that makes you priceless. Wow. It's now a million dollars to work with you. Wow. And here's the key piece that I want to uh, give to people, which was, uh, she said, claim it. 
And so you can imagine I'm laying on this mat in the middle of a dark ass silent teepee experience with a bunch of other people. And out loud, I say, it is now $1 million to work with me. Wow. (laughs) space. And um, you just declared that shit. Just declared it. And then the shaman went, <laughs> may it all be for the greater good of abundance for everybody. It was just like this awkward moment. And then um, the the next, about five minutes later, the message was, you will have your first $1 million client by the end of the week and claim it. And so out loud, I say, I will have my first $1 million client by the end of the week. And as soon as I claim that, three people dropped into my experience and I'm going to synthesize this, make it shorter because there's more to this story. But uh, I made two of those offers. I made offers to two of those three people. Both of them accepted. I felt so much stronger about the second person that I actually rescinded the offer to the first person. Wow! Uh, and said, "I'm, I'm, I. It, it's only meant to be one person, so I'm just taking the offer off the table." Uh, and then uh, the second person transferred me a million dollars directly into my bank account, like within three days. So from the day that of that ceremony to the day of receiving $1 million in one lump sum was five days. Wow. And I think that what I want to share with people around this, because the, the lesson is not in, oh, go do a bunch of ayahuasca and, and win the ayahuasca lottery. That's not <laughs> We're what just this clarifying is. for everybody. <laughs> yeah. What this, what this is, is one, I, I, sh- I don't actually lead with this. A lot of people don't know this story about me. A lot of people don't even know that I coach still. And I could have done the whole $1 million coach as my marketing, but it's not about that. What's mm-hmm. important for you to hear from this story is one, the level of surrender to even be a match for spirit to move that sort of stuff through you because I believe us to be vessels. And Mm -hmm. the more of a clear vessel you can be, the more that this, your higher, whatever you want to call it, God, angels, your higher self, spirit, source, the more that you're in tandem with that energy, the more that energy wants to work with you. And Mm -hmm. so um, that's one piece to it, that surrender into spirit. The second piece to it is who do you have to be to be able to sit across from someone and say, it's a million dollars to work with me. Yeah. becoming a match to that beforehand anyway. You know, that's something that's really important to understand because you may have big visions for the life that you want. And you're like, oh, if only someone gave me the opportunity or if I had a million dollars, but you're not yet a match to it. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't own that. And that's an important piece to it as well. And then the third piece is in recognizing that a million dollars can come in a way that you never previously thought. And so I hope that the story just completely blows your mind from what you think you have to do or have to be to earn the abundance or the relationship or the lifestyle that you want. It can come in so many crazy ways. And if you just let go, you're going to open yourself up to a lot more possibility for how things can show up in your life. Yeah. Surrendering the how, surrendering the how and the when has been really magical for me. I love this story so much. It's really inspiring, eye-opening, and just like inviting people to reflect on how they're showing up in the world right now and where they actually want to be and how they have to embody the version of themselves that vibrates at the frequency of the version that they want to be. Because the reason you're not where you want to be is because you're not at that frequency. You're not vibrating at that level. Essentially, you don't believe that's really you or possible for you. 
whether it's money or I don't know. I personally recently, like I have been so in alignment, Adam, it's I'm at every turn, the universe is smiling at me. Like it's been so magical ever since I left that relationship, my podcast was born and I've got like amazing people such as yourself coming on and connecting with, and they're inviting me to be in their world in different ways. I suddenly, like I found this apartment and I saw so many signs, like, you know, we assign meaning to things. Right. And one of the things for me is a, fl- a little teeny tiny fly, like the teeniest, tiniest fly will just like show up out of nowhere. It'll land on my hand. It'll land on my phone screen as I'm looking at something that's like significant. The number 44 shows up. And then my, uh, this apartment building that I came to view, the unit number is an angel number. And the lady in the leasing office gave me something that blew my mind. And just the the way my body felt the moment I walked into this unit was like, this is, this is where you're supposed to be Rita. And it is significantly more expensive than I've ever paid before. And I just believed I surrendered. I didn't know how I said the money will come. It'll work out. It'll be fine. I'm going to trust and surrender that I'm leveling myself up to the point up here that I know I deserve and I'm worthy of this experience, right? This, this place. And almost immediately within signing the lease, coaching client, coaching client, coaching client, coaching client, eight, eight brand new clients out of nowhere. And that now I'm, and I still have my day job too, by the way. So it's like, okay, here we are. What's your day job? Magic is happening. And here's the fly. Well, holy shit. (laughs) Did you see the fly? Where'd this fucking thing come from, Adam? There's two of them. Where did they come from? They were not in my apartment. I sent them psychically. Oh my God. I'm tripping out right now. <laughs> what, what is it? What is your day job? Um, so I work for a company that, um, okay. So are you, when you went to high school, did you take the ACT, the SAT? I took both of them. Oh, you, usually you take one, but okay. No, the, the essay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I took both. Of them. Isn't the ACT a score that's like in the twenties or something, mm-hmm. something like that. And then mm-hmm. the SAT. Yeah. I'm pretty sure cool. I okay. I only took the ACT, but anyway, so I work for ACT and I'm, I basically work with K through 12 school districts in the entire West region of the United States. I cover like 13 States and I work with superintendents, principals, teachers, and I've been in education all of my life on the sales side and on the teaching side. But so we have social emotional learning curriculum. So it's basically like life coaching for kids and Amazing. yeah, it's really fun. And it's, it's like, I'm reaching more classrooms this way rather than me being a teacher in one. And I also left the classroom because I was making more money before I graduated college and became a teacher. And so I was, are you the facilitator kind of like sad. facilitating an event for kids? No, I'm actually helping with the, them, like basically the sales side of it. So I'm like demoing the products to the people who are d- deciding like, Hey, we want to use this or not. And then I set up with the impl- implementation and get it in all the classrooms. And it could be like a sizable district. It could be one small school in Alaska. So it's just getting this stuff out there, especially now because of, you know, the pandemic and God knows the trauma that this inflicted on them. And not to mention, you know, the, they're calling it the COVID slide. The kids are losing a lot of, you know, the, the knowledge that they 
just gone. Like the things they knew, it's like, I don't know it anymore. <laughs> so we have a program that assesses what they know and what they don't know, and then teaches it to them as well. So amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's so important to continue to invest in our youth. That's a huge pillar for my nonprofit surrendered artist. Um, really? Anyone yeah. Anyone who's interested surrenderedartist.org. And we have a free, actually for anyone who wants to know my four-step process on creativity, it's free PDF that you can download from where you can get sent to you through that website. But uh, one of the things that we do is we offer programs for kids, the one-off events right now, because we just started operations. The last one was called Journaling for Joy, where parents, parents brought their kids and I did a creative writing workshop to teach them how to tap into an emotion and put it into writing. Because I, once again, I think that art is just the most powerful technology that we have on this planet to shift human consciousness and and use as a healing technology. Because to stop hurt people from hurting people is one way of going about it. And I think it's very important and we get to continue to do that. And uh, it's it's probably Mm going to take a bit for, for, for that to happen, for people to stop abusing other humans. And so how do we equip our youth with the tools to process that. So it doesn't become stored somatic trauma that gets passed down for generation to generation to generation and affects them for the rest of their lives. And I think art is a very, very powerful way to do that. Creative writing, dance, painting, what singing, whatever that is for them. And so, yeah, it's, it's a massive piece to what I'm passionate about on the planet. So uh, just another overlap. That's amazing. Wow. I love that. Yeah. There, that's, are you able to bring that into schools? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I just, we just haven't, and I'm not even sure how to necessarily start that, but it might be here. You might've everyone listening. This, this might be it. You might've heard something beautiful be born. Remember what I told you earlier when we were kind of just shooting the shit about how people meet for a reason and there are no coincidences and it just so happens that i literally sell social emotional learning curriculum assessments and professional development which is basically life coaching for kids teaching them about growth mindset and managing their emotions understanding their emotions and all of that too like castle aligned framework if you're familiar with castle um yeah so i literally do that (laughs) <laughs> right. No, that's, well, that's amazing because, uh, I do think that the, my approach, so we're going to do a lot of these events with, we're going to bring in like a movement specialist to help kids process emotion through dance. We're going to do it through all sorts of ways. My medium primarily is writing. So, uh, that's where mm-hmm. we're starting at. Uh, and so it's a program and it's also something that can be um, turned into a curriculum easily for sure. Yeah. That's awesome, Adam. That's amazing. I love it. I think that, you know, everything happens for a reason and there's probably some way that I can help you move that forward. And I, I would love to, so we'll figure that out, but either way, there's another thing that I am passionate about as well. That is kids related. So since I taught fourth grade and fifth grade and all of that, and my, and currently in what I'm doing with, with my day job, I'm still essentially like helping kids. I, I've been on this journey of helping women to leave a toxic relationship, including myself. And, you know, your healing can heal others. Right. 
So including my mom, I was 12 years old and had the awareness of telling my mom, like, why are you still here? Why are you with him? Why aren't you leaving with my dad? Like, why are you still, why are you with him? Like at 12 years old. So apparently I've always had it in me to encourage women to leave a situation that doesn't serve them. And so the one reason why they do stay is finances. They're afraid to leave because I don't have the money. He pays the rent or mortgage or whatever. And so I have this vision of creating um, in every city a, a space that I'm calling Redefine Your Life Academy. So it's like a school because I've always wanted to open my own school where the woman comes with her kids and because you know you take the kids. So you have your own dorm and a community kitchen where you learn how to cook plant-based healthy meals. You're consuming healthy meals. You're nourishing your body. When you nourish your body, your mind works more clear. You feel better and more confident and all the things. And then there's like a community space and there's workshops for your mindset, for um, self-love and all these different things. So you are learning, growing and healing after leaving the situation. And your kids also go through a workshop where I could bring in the curriculum that my day job has. I could bring in your curriculum and you know, your writing and whatnot into it as well. So it's like this whole thing I want to set up for to, to be in every major city. Mm. where you are not stuck you have somewhere to go and it's like a three-month thing where it's like basically where you live it's it's a three-month retreat rehab retreat essentially for a woman leaving a toxic relationship and for her kids so that when they're not you know they're leaving this environment they subconsciously absorbed god knows what you know especially from age zero to seven your mind is completely subconscious so you're picking up trying to make sense of things and developing a belief system that solidifies when you're an adult shows up in, at every turn. So I, I want to prevent that. that and like re- reframe their mindset while they're still kids. You know, super important. I was telling you my three pillars for someone shifting their life is consciousness, creativity, and community. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the aspects of community is just feeling supported feeling like you have support. It is so important because we all have those moments where we don't know if we're strong enough to get through the thing. And we don't know if we're smart enough to accomplish the goal. And all of those feelings in those moments, having someone, even just one person that says, I believe in you, I got you, you're not alone, can be the difference between between the whole thing going in one different direction that has a tragic outcome and uh, another direction where it becomes an inspiring story. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that idea. Oh, thanks, Adam. That means a lot, especially coming from you, my friend, which by the way, it's so funny how we started this conversation. I was like, is he a part-time comedian or something? Like you're, are you a part-time comedian? You're hilarious. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm a poet. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a poet. I love that you I love your um your account. You have so many beautiful um things and pieces of poetry and I saw you live. You are just honestly such a light and I'm grateful to have come across your energy, your being and who you were 
the version of you the day I met you and the version you are that you are now, you are now. And, and I look forward to seeing the version of you that you're going to be. I love that because I'm evolving, constantly evolving. Like um, I would say that the the version of me that you're witnessing right now, completely different from a year ago, two years ago, let alone just a couple months ago. So it's it's so beautiful to to realize that you're here on this planet for a reason to peel back the layers of who you think you are and who society told you who to be or who your family told you who to be figuring out who you really are at your core and what lights you up and do more of that. And just I, purpose and self-love are the two things that I guess I would call my pillars. <laughs> I've never really established pillars, but um, now you've, in, now you've inspired me. Mm. Well, beautiful. I'm glad that I could do that. And I think purpose and self-love as pillars are pretty strong ones to stand on and you can help a lot of people doing that. Yeah. I think those are the two things that got in my way growing up, not knowing why I was here, what I was meant to do and not loving myself, not feeling worthy, not believing that things out of just what my, my, my life was. And I think a lot of people relate to a lot of the things I've shared over the past 26 or whatever episodes. It's just a matter of like self-sabotage, limiting beliefs, blocking you subconscious fears, imposter syndrome. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not ready. You need this one credential still who would pay me to do this. You know, just these things, keeping you small, keeping you in this place where you believe that this is the best that it's going to be and that's it. But there's so much more that's waiting on the other side of your comfort zone. And I think that fear really keeps people stuck. Uncertainty, fear of the unknown, not knowing what is on the other side of taking a risk or stepping outside of that comfort zone. This book, the untethered soul. Oh my gosh. Um, you know what? You mentioned it the other day. People that was me. another thing. I do Q and A. So now I know when you what you were listening to. I do Q and A's with my Instagram audience a lot, and I just like either answer questions rapid fire or bring people on and, and just connect with them and ask answer what I can. And someone asked me the books that I recommended, mm -hmm. and Untethered Soul is one of my go tos to recommend to people. It's by Michael Singer. Yeah, you know the first time that I read that years ago, it it went over my head. It made no sense to me. And then now I pick it up and it's like a fifth grade reading level for me. Mm -hmm. And that's just to show you how much I've evolved, right? When I pick it up and it was just a complete foreign language, like, what the hell is this? Like, it made no sense, no sense. And I picked it up again. And I'm like, I can't believe I didn't get this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think there was someone that was saying, because I'm one of those people that just reads a lot of books or and now audiobooks and podcasts and all of the things. And there was a perspective that was really interesting, which was just find, you know, your top 50 or whatever and reread them over and over and over again, as mm. opposed to trying to find new ones, find the ones that really deeply resonate and, and just keep rereading them. Cause you're going to, you're a different person when you go back to them and you're going to gain something entirely new, but you know that there's a foundation that you resonate with. So it's an interesting thing. I think I'm going to go back and probably reread some of my favorites, but the untethered soul is probably one of those. Yeah. And, um, yeah, something that you said that I just want to touch on is everything that you were talking about around the fears and the imposter syndrome and all of that. Just, I want anyone who's listening to this who is is struggling with any of those aspects, and we all have them to some degree. 
don't think that there's anything wrong with you. You're not screwing it up and you're not um, broken or flawed or incapable of anything. The perspective that's far more useful, I think, to hold is in recognizing that all of those things that you might be harboring inside of yourself, those fears, doubts, insecurities, shame, guilt, blame, all of that stuff, it's the working through it that helps you develop your message and helps you understand what it is you're here to do and helps you see how you can support other people. Those fears that you're facing off with are the thing that are there to help you become the person that you're here to be. And so that perspective can remove some of that hopelessness and helplessness of, oh my gosh, if only I didn't have this, I could then do this. No, 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 no. You'll be able to do that when you figure out the lessons from getting through this part of your life where you're still harboring those fears and doubts and insecurities. And by the way, on the other side of those fears, doubts, and insecurities are some other ones that you just Mm -hmm. haven't uncovered yet. And it's how you respond to those that ultimately is going to determine how your life goes. And so just, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. Just respond to it in a way where it becomes supportive to you. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. And I, that reminds me of, um, in, when I was in my early twenties, I was almost raped and murdered, Adam. Like I legit was almost not here. And I, I, I say that I'm grateful that that happened for me. And I believe that everything happens for you, not to you. Everything is a lesson. There's somewhere that growth needs to happen. There's somewhere that you need to pay attention, something you need to pay attention to. There's it's, it's shining a light and the universe is getting loud with you when you're not paying attention, when you're not listening, when you're not tuning in, you're avoiding something that needs attention. You basically that it forces its hand to get you out of whatever you're in, like getting fired from a job. Thank you. Thank you so much because it had to make space for something else to come in. I was comfortable or, you know, your cushy, comfy job. It's fine. No big deal. Whatever. I'll stay here. I'll retire here. Fine. But you're not meant to be there and you would stay and you would stay and you would stay. And so the universe is like, you're done here. There's something else for you. Let's go. Come on. You know? And even mm-hmm. me try almost, you know, getting raped and murdered. I was on the wrong path. I was in the wrong circles. I was wearing a version of myself that was not me. And I don't know how long I would have stayed there if that didn't happen for me. You know? I agree. I, I, and I think the only thing that I would add to that, and as someone who's been the, you know, the victim of sexual abuse at a young age to um, all the things that I've experienced is that, there's a big difference than turning your traumas into your triumphs. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a big difference than thinking that your traumas are the reason for your triumphs. And it's important to make that distinction because in personal development, there's a saying, which is the breakdown to the breakthrough. And again, turning your breakdown into a breakthrough is amazing. It shows a strength of resolve. It shows a mindset that's very valuable, but assigning your breakthrough 
to the breakdown is a very different thing. And as if we continue to do that, what is going to happen is we're going to continue to call in more trauma, more wounding and more breakdowns because we think that's the source of our strength. Wow. We have a massive, infinite, inherent birthright of divine strength, beauty, love, and heart of the human spirit that is not the result of any sort of trauma or wounding. And so it's actually that inherent divine energy that looks at the trauma and turns it into that triumph. And so I just want people to know that differentiation so that we can end the cycle of calling in more of that in order to validate our strength. That's so powerful. So beautiful. My God, I'm like reflecting now. I'm like, am I assigning, am I doing that? (laughs) (laughs) I did for, I did for many, many, many years because, and for a, a lot of victims, uh, it's a very common thing. The reason is because the idea is that if it wasn't necessary, that somehow it invalidates it. If it wasn't necessary for me to become this person, then somehow there's a level of acceptance that that it happened and it didn't need to happen. And that creates a whole new level of pain to sit with. The idea that it didn't need to happen. It did happen. And I know how I turned that into strength and how I turned that into um, something that can support other people. And it didn't need to. And I think that when I can release the fact that it didn't need to, it's, it, there's, a, there's a deep level of mourning, of accepting the just randomness almost of, of violence that occurs, especially to myself you know, at the age of five. And there's also an f- important mindset shift that I think has happened for myself and, and that I encourage people to take on, which breaks us of that trauma cycle of hurt people hurting people mm-hmm. because it's it's not necessary. I don't believe it's necessary at all in any way, shape or form. Oh my God. I say that in any way, shape or form every time. There it is. And we're wearing the same color shirt and I sent flies psychically into your house and all of the things. So, And I'm going to help you spread this um, program that you have all around the world. Supporting because kids I'm, everywhere. I'm, I'm the sales queen. There it is. Name it. Well, there it's you a, go. I'm, I'm not the sales king, but, uh, your I, mug says king. I can make what your mug says king. It does say king. It does say king. And I do believe that I know how to help shift people powerfully. So we'll make a good team. Yeah, dude. I'm so, I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. I'm pumped. You said so many things that I almost like wanted to dig into, but I'm like, we're already, we're already past time. And I feel bad for taking up so much of your time, but I feel like everything has just been such a flow, such a vibe, so much. Oh, just, I feel if I'm feeling this way, I can't imagine what my audience is going to feel like you're amazing. You are such a light. And I truly am so grateful that you are here with me and everyone. Thank you so much. I I would love for you to share where people can find you, how they can connect with you. I know you mentioned it here and there throughout the episode, and I'm going to link everything in the show notes, but just for those who are listening right now that are dying to connect with you. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate that. This has been a really great conversation. And uh, I'm so grateful to hear more about what you're doing in the world and the work that you're doing, especially around the youth and and the women who, who can very much use that support. 
thank you to everybody who's listening to this. You know, there's no greater gift that we can give any anyone or anything than our time. You know, mm-hmm. our presence. So I, I'm so appreciative of that. And I think that if anyone wants to follow me, I'm on all the socials. You know what I mean? You can find me Adam Roa R O A everywhere: YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of the places. And if you want to go deeper with me the podcast, The Deep Dive with Adam Roa. That's everywhere that podcasts are. And I also have an online community, thecreatecommunity.com. You can find it there. You can find my nonprofit, surrenderedartist.org. And then you got adamroa.com, which is a hub. It's being redesigned right now. So I'm not sure when this goes out, but it is up and you can find more there, including things like my ebook and, and various other things. Yeah, dude. Well, you're welcome back any time you've filled my heart so much like i'm just so lit up by you and i'm so grateful and thank you thank you thank you for your time Mm, thank you for your time and putting the energy into this much love everybody wow what a vibe oh my gosh he is such a light i got freaking chills my energy was so high from him and honestly i was a little nervous could you tell (laughs) So yeah, thank you guys for being here with us, for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, review this podcast. It helps so much. And follow me and Adam on Instagram. I will link everything that he talked about in the show notes. And if you don't mind, please share this with somebody that you think it might help so that it can reach whoever needs to hear it. And I'm hoping that you can be that person that will put it in the hands of someone that it will serve. So thank you for being here with me. I love you so much. I hope this podcast is serving you and your loved ones. And please DM me, talk to me, join the Facebook group. I love you so freaking much. And being here with you fills my heart and I'd love to get to know you. So reach out, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.